And also for the Sunday school kids, you can make your way at the back. Uh, for those, uh, what is it, grade uh, years three and up, please. Three years old yeah, and up, please. To primary school, amen. All right. Luke chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through to 4 is where we'll be reading our text today. And I uh, do want to make welcome those of you who are tuning in on our Instagram live. Thank you for joining with us. Uh, Luke chapter 11 is where I will be reading this morning. And I want to preach a message entitled, Get Out of the Way. Get Out of the Way. Out of Luke chapter 11 and in verses 1 through to 4. If you're there, say amen. If you're not there, say hold on. All right, we're holding on. We're holding on. Luke chapter 11, verses 1. Amen. I'm excited to preach the word today. I believe God's going to encourage some people this morning. God's going to stir our hearts. And uh, you know what? We need to be challenged from now and time again. Amen. Uh, where God begins to impress His word upon our hearts. Uh, if we're not challenged, we're not growing. Amen. Uh, you know, some of the things in sporting arenas is that when people get together and these are athletes is, you know what, if, if things are so easy for these athletes, athletes, they'll never grow. They'll never improve on their craft. And so as Christians, we need to be challenged so we can press on in all that God has for us. Amen. So Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through to 4 says this. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Verse 2, so he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God, help us today as we... God, study your word. God, help us today. I pray you change us this morning. Lord God, not just for this particular moment, but for all eternity. God, your word is truth, and your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray, God, let it pierce, let it shape our lives today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. If you're taking note, number one, we're going to consider the kingdom. Because I want to talk about these two lines in this particular prayer. And as Jesus is saying, your kingdom come your will be done. And so I want to focus on that this morning. Your kingdom come. So if you're taking note, number one, the kingdom. In our text, Jesus says, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is now inviting us to pray. Jesus is teaching his disciples, look, when you pray, pray like this. And then he says these words, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in as it is in heaven. Jesus is calling us to pray and to call for the realities of heaven to be seen in our day-to-day -day lives. The realities of the kingdom of heaven being a reality in us. So today is the day, church, where we can invite God's kingdom into our lives. Today is the day, church, where we can invite God's power his presence into your life. Today is the day that says, God, let your kingdom done be done in my life as it is in heaven here on earth. Amen. And I want to remind you, church, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. It was the first message John the Baptist preached in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. He said this and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist, he comes on the scene. He says, yo, 
Everybody, listen up. Yo, the kingdom of heaven is here. People, listen up. The kingdom of heaven is here. And he says, repent. Repent for the kingdom is at hand. He's saying, you know what? Change the way you think about God. Hey, guys, change the way you think about uh, life. Change the way you think about the world. Change the way how you think about Jesus. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus comes from the wilderness and it was his first message. Check out Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what is the kingdom? The definition of the kingdom is a country, state, or territory ruled by a king or a queen. The spiritual reign and the authority of God. That's the kingdom. The rule of God or Christ in a future age. The spiritual kingdom is what we're talking about. When Jesus came, the people thought, oh wow, he's preaching about this kingdom and people were rejoicing. People were so excited. They're like, yep, cool. This guy's going to come and overthrow the kingdom of Rome. But yet Jesus said, no, no, no. The kingdom is spiritual. The kingdom is spiritual. It's the place where Jesus is king and his message to the whole world is still the same. And that is repent. His message is still the same and it says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. He's inviting every single one of us. He's inviting the people uh, of Bean Lee. He's inviting the people around the world. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we can invite Jesus Christ. We can be a part of his kingdom this morning. That we can turn from our ways. That we can repent from the way we're living and turn to God's ways. And we can allow His kingdom to be lived in and through our lives. So we can invite His reign. We can invite His rule into our own reality and into eternity. Let your kingdom come is inviting Christ to be the king of your life. I don't know about you, but there's some things in our lives that before Christ... They used to rule our own lives. It might have been the king of pornography. Come on now, don't shout me down. It might have been the king of gambling. It just ruled. Everything you think about was this particular sin. Everything you, the way you function in life was this particular thing in your life. Who's the ruler of your life? Back in the day, you know, we used to play, um, I'm the king of the mountain. We used to play this at PNG. And there's mountains, there's hills everywhere. And uh, I remember the time I'm playing with my brothers and it's like, oh yeah, I'm the king of the mountain. And I remember I was like, yeah, you know, we would tackle, we'd kick each other. It's like, yeah, yeah, trying to wrestle to get up to the top of the mountain. I remember I got up there while my you know, other brothers are fighting and I got up to the top and I was like, I'm the king. I, was like, I got knocked down. I was like, oh no, you're not the king anymore. And I want to tell you, you know what, there's a battle going on as to who's the king of your life. A battle is going on. Who's the king of your life? The king of this world or is it the king Jesus? And that's why Jesus is teaching his disciples, pray that the kingdom shall come. His kingdom shall reign. His kingdom shall rule in your life. But the way to do that is simply this, when we accept Jesus Christ. John chapter 3 verse 3. Listen, this is where we become legal citizens of God's kingdom. John chapter 3 verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Man, this is the Bible speak. This is the gospel message. You cannot enter into heaven unless you're born again. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you become a born again believer. When you begin to invite Christ into your life, when you begin to invite his kingdom ways upon your life and you begin to repent, turn from your sin, you begin to be born again. 
It's talking about now that Christ is in your life. You've taken on His nature. The Spirit of God is in your life. You're taking on the nature of God's kingdom. And so here it is. The kingdom is here. We need to repent, become legal citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Because if we don't, the Bible tells us, and it's so clear, we will not inherit the kingdom. In other words, we will not enter and see heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. Verse 10, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Don't you just love the Bible? <laughs> it's like, yeah, all these people, and such were some of you. Amen. Some of us were like this people. And it says, but you were washed. Hallelujah. But you were washed. You were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. If you're here this morning, church, if you're here today, listen, you must be born again. Repent. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you be, do that, you know what? When you repent, you become legal citizen of heaven. The kingdom of heaven now begins to abide within you. Luke chapter 17, verse 21. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of heaven is within you. So recap. Jesus tells us, repent. The kingdom is here. When you repent and accept him, it's now in you. And Jesus teaches us, listen, we ought to keep praying, God, your kingdom come. Lord, your will be done on earth as, is, as it is in heaven. He's calling us as believers now to desire that the kingdom must be made manifest in our lives. You see, it's no use simply being a Christian in your bio, in your description of your Facebook or your Instagram account. Oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and, and all of a sudden your lifestyle is not the same. It's no use highlighting the scriptures when the scriptures don't even highlight your life. Come on now. He's talking about, hey, we, we can't just be simply Christian by name, but let our lifestyle don't even match it. And yet the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is saying, teach us, God, that the kingdom of heaven shall be done in our lives. Can live within us on earth as it is in heaven. So let me ask you the question, is the kingdom of heaven in you? Does Christ rule and reign in your life? Is His will being done in and through your life or is it your own agenda? I want to challenge every single person today. I want to challenge every blood-washed, spirit-filled, tongue-speaking, Bible-believing Christian here today. The kingdom is here and it's in you. But listen, it needs to get out. The kingdom of God needs to come out of you. The kingdom needs to be manifest in our daily lives. You know, if you're into sports, I remember watching the grand finals. This could be in basketball. This is the same in, in NRL. And the clock is down to its final 10 seconds, and it's like one point difference. And I remember seeing a basketball team in these dying seconds that get together, they'd huddle and say, okay, look, what we're going to do? We'll do this. We'll run this play. Listen, I want you to do this. I'll pass you the ball, and let's do it. And you know what they'd say? Yeah, okay, let's run that play. Let's run that play. Let's, let's run it. Okay, here we go. Let's run that play. But I was like, man, I was, I was thinking about it. Man, let, let the church never do this. That we just huddle together on a Sunday. 
that we just hear the preaching. Okay, what we're going to do? We're going to run this play. Okay, this is, this is what you need to do. And yet we huddle together. And when we get out there, do we ever run the play? Oh, it's just like, yeah, hallelujah, preach it, pastor. Oh, yeah, good preaching. Oh, yeah, and it's like we're just getting in a huddle. Woo, 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 woo. And the other team's looking at us like, what's going on over there? We, do you know what I want to say? It's like we're just huddling together. We're just like, oh, yeah. But the thing is this, Christianity is to say, hey, listen, God has given us his word. It's time to run the play. It's time to do what's in his word and say, come on now. Okay, God, you told me what to do. Forgive my brother. I'm going to run that play. Okay, God, you told me to forgive them. Okay, I'm going to run that play. God, you told me to be born again. I'm going to run that play on my knees. I'm going to accept Christ in my life. Oh, there's things in my life that's unclean, that are unclean. Listen, run that play. Allow his kingdom to be lived through your life when you begin to just say, God, I don't want to just come to church on Sunday. I don't want to just be meaningless Christianity. But God, let this book be alive in my life that I can run that play. That the world can see and say, oh, wow, man, there's something different about you. Oh, there's something different about this sister over here. Why? Because people are running that play in the book. Come on. Where's the church in the last days? Where was the church in the last days, man? Where's the, where's the church? You know, people just, uh, man, I've been around in schools. Uh, I, I grew up seeing Christians in, in like, man, they're not running the play. And yet I'm thinking, oh, okay, cool. It's cool to be a Christian and be in the world. Completely messed up. And I'm thinking in my mind, but when I step into a church that preaches the Bible, that preaches truth, that says, listen, you can't be a friend on this world. You're an enemy with God. I'm thinking, man, good. I must be born. Whoa, is this the, Yeah. Run the play. Let your will be done. Amen. Let the kingdom of heaven rule and reign in my life. Can I tell you today, don't be a spectator. Be a participator in his kingdom. Amen. So we need to pray, God, let your kingdom come in my life. God, let your will be done in my life. God, I've had enough of this life that I'm living. It's broken. It's messed up. God, I've been in relationships and relationships. God, I've been through the nightclubs and I've been, you know what, empty and destroyed. Oh, God, let your will be done in my life. God, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. How many of us want to see the kingdom of God at work in your family? How many of us want to see God's kingdom work in our marriages? How many of us want to see God's kingdom work in our church? God, we want to see your kingdom at work in and through every fiber of our being. God, we want to see your kingdom being done in the streets of Eagleby, in the streets of Beanley, in Queensland. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. So that the world can see, listen very quickly, the glimpses of heaven. You see that in, in, this, in the text. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as, in, as it is in heaven. The world is going to see glimpses of heaven. When his kingdom is being done and he's actually doing it in and through our lives, it's evident to the world that God is doing something in a church. I mean, look around you this morning. This ain't a Samoan church. This ain't a, you know, Cook Island church. I mean, this ain't a PNG church. <laughs> this is Jesus church. As in heaven. I mean, I mean, when you when we get to heaven, Jesus ain't gonna be like, listen, all the Samoans, please go over that side. Uh, oh, oh, my one talks over there. You know what? I see you chewing the middle up. It's like, nah. it's like, it's like, oh no, no, man. As in heaven, meaning you are just like with what's happening here. 
the world is seeing, how can these people, because it's the kingdom of heaven. And it's been done in and through our lives that we can now live our lives according to his word. Because his kingdom is being done. This is Jesus' church. This church belongs to him. And you know what? Heaven isn't just for specific people. And the world is going to see the church and be like, man, that's a glimpse of heaven. That every race, that every tribe, that every tongue, every nation can come together and lift up hands and worship God. Can say, you know what, God, we need your will to be done in our lives. That our church can be a church that represents all nations. That we can manifest the inward workings of God's grace. And extend the love of Christ to bring hope to a hopeless and dying world. If you're making note number two. This is where I want to focus on, and that is this. Get out the way. <laughs> God, let your kingdom come. I feel God saying, all right, get out the way now. Because <laughs> when we pray, this whole prayer right here is saying, you know what, God, I surrender. It's saying, okay, God, let your kingdom come. Really what we're saying is, okay, God, I want to get out the way so you can actually move in my life. This is where miracles start. This is where we begin to see the things of God being done in our lives, where a miracle can take place, all because we simply get out the way and surrender and say, God, this is where you have to move. It's when we begin to say, God, not my will, your will be done. It's when we begin to say, God, I must decrease, you increase in my life. It's when we begin to say, God, not, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. It's when the church begins to rise up and say, you know what, hide me behind the cross. It's the church and the individuals that say, you know what, you know what, we're not puffed up in ego. We're not puffed up with pride. Say, oh man, I did all that. No, 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 brother. No, 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 sister. It's Jesus Christ working in and through us. Humility. I've had enough of this prideful life that I used to be living. I had enough of that lifestyle. Until I realize what true humility looks like when Jesus Christ, to the obedience to the point of the cross, he died for you and I. When he said in the Garden of Gethsemane, when his sweat became like great drops of blood, when he felt like giving up and saying, God, is there another way? When he felt like, God, is there a plan B? He said the word, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. You might be faced with such immense pressure in your life and you're thinking, what am I supposed to do? Listen, say these words, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I'm telling you, that's when miracles begin to take place. That's when God begins to move and say, you know what? When we say, nevertheless, God, let your will be done. It starts with surrender. It's there where God begins to guide you. It's there where God begins to lead you. It's there where God begins to transform you. When you surrender. How many of us have lived those kind of lifestyle where we just, you know what, we push God to the side and we, we just do things on our own and then all of a sudden we're like God crying, God, where are you, God? I, oh, what happened? And God's like, you know, he gives you that face. He's like, man, you're the one who, you're the one who distanced from me. You're the one who made those decisions. You're the one who made the calls. And here we are. I was like, God, what's happening? But God's like, are you, are, you, are you ready to surrender? Are you willing to surrender and allow God's spirit to take over and say, you know what, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you to lead my life. I need you, listen, to be the potter. I want to be the clay. This is why we're called the potter's house. 
This is why we're called a potter's house. To say, you know what, God, my life's been broken. It's been messed up, but I need you to mold and shape my life. I'm going to surrender. God, I made a mess, but you're the potter. You're the manufacturer. God, take my little uh, itty-bitty life that I try to make. Here you go. <laughs> uh, it's, it's nothing much, Lord. <laughs> Let him begin to make a masterpiece. Let him begin to make something beautiful. Make him begin to take your mess and turn it into a message. Hallelujah. That is the power of the gospel. But it begins when we simply surrender. God, let your will be done. God, let your kingdom come. God, come and take over my life. And this is where we begin to live a spirit-filled life. Where we're going to ask God to take over. It says this in Galatians 5 verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. It's talking about, you know what, we choose now not to live the way we want to live, but live according to his word, by his spirit. Walking not by our own desires, but walking in the spirit. Verse 22, if you were to skip down, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Man, some of us don't even experience that anymore. The world doesn't even experience this because it's not the right Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. God's Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Wow, self-control. And I'm, I'm, think, I'm reading these things and it's like, you know what? We, we, we don't actually uh, experience these things because we're so filled with ourselves. We're so filled with how we're supposed to do things in our own mind. Oh yeah, I should do this, I should do that, but yet never experiencing love, joy, peace, kindness because of the fact that we haven't really surrendered. But it's when we begin to say, God, I've had enough. God, listen, I need your spirit to be at work. Listen, his fruit of the spirit comes to be at work. Against there is such no law and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Amen. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. The point is simply this. If you want to see God's kingdom move in your life, you need to get out the way. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. You see, God's Spirit is able to give us the strength we need to live in our day-to-day -day lives. But listen, get out the way. Get out the way. God's Spirit wants to move. God's Spirit wants to heal, touch. He wants to move. But listen, will we get out the way? I'm telling you what an awesome joy it is. What an awesome adventure life is when you begin to say, God, let your kingdom come. I've experienced some of these setbacks. I've experienced some of these crazy times in my life. But man, what a joy. Because you look back over your life and think, you know what? All it came down to was simply surrendering your life. Say, you know what, God? Let your spirit be at work. You dwell in my life. And you will experience some of the greatest joys you will ever experience in your life. When we move, God moves. 
just like that. <laughs> there are people here today, you're broken. There are people here this morning, you're empty. There are people here in this place, you're lost. You feel like you have no hope. You feel like you have no direction. There are people here today, you're still on that merry-go-round of sin. You're still on that merry-go-round of life. The cycle is over and over again. Listen, surrender. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Get out of the way. God, I need you to move. Jesus became that example in the Garden of Gethsemane, like we said today. God, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. When we begin to trust in Him, when we begin to do it His way, God gets involved and He keeps His promise. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Amen. When He, you know what, God keeps His end of the bargain. He'll direct your path, but you've got to keep your end. You got to trust him with all your heart. You got to not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him, and that's where the promise comes. He will direct your path. Verse 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. It's pretty much saying, you know what, the promise is available for you, but will you get out the way? Will you surrender? Will you begin to trust Him and put everything in His hands and say, God, I want to go all in for you. He's going to take you on an adventure of a lifetime if you begin to surrender your heart. What's happening here in this church, three-year-old church, is not a work of man, but it's a work of God. All because one man and his family, Pastor Dax, Rose, Noah, and Summer, they decided to say, you know what, God? Not my will, but your will be done. A man and his woman decides, you know what, I'm going to hear from God so that his kingdom can be done. And look at it now. And here I am today as, a, as the pastor of this congregation. You know what, God, I don't want to take over anything without you being involved in this. I don't, I don't want to put my hand on this thing if you're not involved. God, I surrender. Hide me. Hide. <laughs> I don't want to be seen, Lord. And, and that's where it begins. God, I, I, I don't want to be the... Front runner, God, you're the one that's got to be in control of this. And it's incredible what God is doing. Amen. That all nations, different tribes, different cultures, different backgrounds are all here together because of what God can do when we su simply surrender our lives. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Very simple message.